Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Restoring Grace Radio on blogtalkradio.com. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining us either live or on archives. Restoring Grace Radio is here to provide online lessons about the Christian faith, our history, our documents, and how to express our faith to a very needy world. Thank you for listening, and now, on to our broadcast. be upon you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. And whether you're joining us either live or archive, thank you so much for spending your time with us. Hey, we're in a series called The Zohar in 15. I know a lot of you folks know about it. And tonight, we're going to talk about exploring or finding and developing your self-worth. Finding and developing your self-worth. Now, we all know uh, that there have been a lot of books written on this subject. There's been a lot of conversations about it. Well, It's interesting to note that most in life, most problems stem, most problems grow out of our insecurities, the things that we don't think we're doing that well, the the things we're messing up. We we think we should be somewhere in our life that we're not. Um, A lot of people suffer from what is commonly referred to in Kabbalah as a suddenly syndrome. Like you think, uh, you think like one day that, how did all this happen to me? How did this all occur? Well, the truth is it didn't happen all at one time. It's been building for quite some time. There's no such thing as a suddenly syndrome. But what we want to talk about today is that the ultimate insecurity, the ultimate insecurity is when we fail to see the spiritual DNA that's inside of each and every one of us. In the Zohar, in volume one, portion Bereshit, which is the Hebrew word for Genesis, in the prologue, Rabbi Shimon says this, Rabbi Shimon explains that we were created with the ability to perfect ourselves through free will, choosing not to respond to our evil urges. This is the only true way to fully evolve the godlike nature within our soul. We must be responsible for our own elevation and growth. During those times when we fail uh, to use our free will and we succumb to our evil tendencies, repentance allows us to restore the light we've lost. Now, the biggest challenge I see people facing is that they've kind of forgotten their value, kind of forgotten who they are. Your images, your pictures in your mind, your experiences, they kind of all form your worldview. And for some people, there's been some uh, – by the way, this view can be very inconsistent, and it's very unreliable, and sometimes it's even tainted, but it's also very necessary. Now, sometimes there's things that have happened in our past that we could celebrate, Sometimes there's things that have happened in our past that is very difficult and very hard to deal with. I'm thinking about a family right now that uh, a three-month-old baby died this morning, uh, passed on into the world to come after a long battle of being sick uh, from an early pregnancy. That's sad. Those things are hard to get over. And those events that happen to us, if it's a failed relationship or broken promises or, or maybe you're a victim of some kind of abuse or uh, needless, you know, needless suffering. It can taint the way we see it. 
Now, our past is there to hold us accountable, to remind us of the things that have gone on. But sometimes we allow ourselves to be prisoners of our past, to, to stay in that kind of mode. But yet the scriptures tell us, and Kabbalah teaches, that we've all been created, original, one of a kind, in the image of God, a unique soul, a unique DNA. And I think that God took great pleasure in creating us. I think he took great pleasure in creating you. Not so much me, maybe more you. Now, you say, okay, Dave, now if it's really true that we've, um, we've, we've got the spiritual DNA, the spark of the divine, the soul that's in us, why do I always feel depressed or down or, or overcome by a lot of problems? Well, life is very difficult. There's no doubt about it. But you have an opponent. If you're from a Christian tradition, you might call him Satan. Kabbalah calls him Asatan or, or the opponent or the other side. You have an opponent, somebody who's been placed in your life to bring up challenges and obstacles so that you can work hard to force your way through those obstacles so you can learn restriction, the things that you should do and the things that you shouldn't do. But he brings a lot of darkness and a lot of distractions into your life to prevent you from seeing the very nature of your soul and the very nature of your abilities. We have to stay connected to our soul. A lot of people are connected to the fading glory of the choices of the, in, and the choices of their flesh. I mean, I, I, for one, you can say, oh, if I could lose weight, if I was a little bit taller, if I was more handsome, if I was more beautiful, if I was more... We're all tied into this physicality. But when you really think about it, the physicality is like 1% of who we are. The 99% of who we are is that unique creation, that unique soul, that unique DNA. And we've got to stay connected to that. Now, how we stay connected to our true selves, or at least the version that we think is true, our true value, our authentic self, will cause us to attract the people we're scheduled to meet along our path. Well, they say, and this is so true, they say that Negativity breeds negativity. Negative people have negative people around them. Or, to quote the old phrase, birds of a feather flock together. They sure do. They most certainly do. And it is the strangest thing when we look in our and say, I, I'm not meeting the right kind of people. I'm not getting the right kinds of results. Well, remember, if you're not getting the answers you're looking for, you need to start asking better questions. But when we tap into our authentic selves, when we see ourselves as God sees us, we, the universe, God, he, Hashem, is going to put the people on our path that we're scheduled to meet. Sometimes those meetings aren't the most joyous. They're to teach us something about us, to show us things that we may or may not have done. Now, while the pain and the suffering and failed relationships, they, they do impact us, we need to make sure that we're not wearing the chains of, the, of those failures. You're always going to wear the scars. We're always going to remember the pain. We're always going to remember the suffering but that we're not still chained to it. We're not still locked up. We have to break free from that. Now, people ask, well, what are some ways to develop, to understand, develop my self-worth? Well, first of all, we understand that each of you has immense value in God's economy. You have immense value in God's economy. There are things unique to you that no one else in this world will be able to accomplish. So the first thing that comes to my mind is stop comparing your life and your struggles to the struggles of others. Stop comparing your life and your struggles to the life and struggles of others. Remember we talked a few minutes ago about the suddenly syndrome. 
How do all these things happen? All these things, nothing happens suddenly. It's been going on for a long time. A lot of times in our life, we look away from the things that we should be looking towards. We can always find somebody. You can always find somebody who lives a better life, at least on the surface, than we do. We can always find that person. We can also find someone who's in dire straits, who makes our life look so much better. And so often I see people are either looking over their shoulder and saying, oh, look at Bob. Bob's got it made. Bob's family loves him. He's got a great house. Bob drives a really nice car. Bob wears sexy polo shirts. Whatever it is they think about Bob. They have no clue what's going on inside Bob's mind, the suffering that Bob is going through. They have no idea. All they know is that on the surface, Bob's life looks better. And so they feel like their life isn't where it should be. Or they'll find somebody who's in dire straits. I'll use my name. They'll look at Dave and they'll say, oh, my gosh, I don't even know why that guy gets up in the morning. I don't even know why he puts one foot in front of the other. Why doesn't that guy just quit? He's in horrible. But they're looking for either one, to one guy to make my life feel better, and the other guy to make my life feel worse. And, again, that's the opponent. Remember we talked about that distraction. Because if you're focused on how great things are going for Bob, which you have no idea, or you're focused on how bad things are going for David, which you have no idea, you're not focused on you. The lesson here is that the only, is only by having clarity on who we are, created by God for a unique purpose, can we establish clarity to see our place in the world, our work, our relationships, and with each other. That's the only way we can see it. Because if you're looking at Bob or you're looking at Dave or you're looking at Dana or you're looking at Tom or you're looking at Alex, whoever you're looking at, you're not focusing on yourself to find out what do I need to do. Remember, Kabbalah teaches, and we talk about this in every single Zohar class we do, we are here to perform a transformation of our souls, basically to replicate our perfected, our perfected self, the one that's already in the world to come, the one that, that God has already envisioned us to be, the one that we're always striving to be. And at the same time, that we're working to perform that transformation on ourselves, we are also helping God in his mission of tikkun Allah to repair the world, to help it for its correction. You can't do one without doing the other. If you're striving and working hard and working hard on you to do the correction you need to be and to be the kind of person you need to be, the kind of worker, the kind of wife, the kind of husband, the brother, the sister, just go down the line. If you're doing that, you're making the world a better place just by your efforts. Because I want you to remember the spiritual work is to be better today than you were yesterday, not better than the person next to you. Let me say that again. Spiritual work is to be better today than you were yesterday, not better than the person next to you. Next, so first we said, stop comparing your lives and struggles to others. Secondly, determine your strengths and learn to appreciate them. Even when it's hard to see at times, your soul, your divine spark is there. People are constantly focusing on their negativity. I'm not getting the results that I want. I'm not seeing the fruit that I think I, I'm not this, I'm not, it's always the negative. Instead of looking at, here's what I've done well, here's what I do well, and I've got to stay doing it. We are masters at focusing on weakness, and we are terrible at celebrating our accomplishments. It's not enough to try and feel good about ourselves. Oh, we're going to feel good. We must find our skill set and deploy it. And if your particular skill set is not getting you the results that you want or the results that are satisfying, you might be using it in a way that's not going to be fulfilling or satisfying. Like, for example, I would love to be like a singer like the worship guy in the front that does the singing. I can't sing. It's not a gift. Now, I can go up there and I can try, and I'm sure to me I sound good, 
But to anybody else, they'd be like, this isn't working. At some point, someone will come up and say, uh, Dave, we need to get you some kind of non-speaking role. Now, we're masters of focusing on the weakness, but without working towards the goal, that goal, fulfillment while assisting others, we drown out our higher purpose and feel unfulfilled in all we do. If you really want to be fulfilled in your life, then focus on working out your negativity. We, we studied a couple of Zohar lessons ago that anywhere negativity is, anywhere negativity survives, anywhere it is, holiness is not there. The light of the creator is not there. Success is not there. Accomplishment is not there. Winning is not there. Whatever word it is that you use, finances are not going to be there in, a, in, in the area of negativity because negativity comes in and consumes all of that. So first we said stop complaining about your life. Comparing your, don't complain about it either, but stop comparing your life and struggles to others. Determine your strengths and learn to appreciate them. Next, accept that you are a work in progress. I know you hear this all the time, and this sounds like really ridiculous conversation when you're really bummed, but at the end of the day, it's really true. Understanding your self-worth and working on it does not make things perfect. I want to slow down and say this again. Understanding your self-worth and working through the process of getting where you want to get, it doesn't make things perfect. It makes things possible. Practice does not make things perfect because if you practice it wrong or you just suck at practicing, it's not going to be perfect. Then somebody comes along and says, perfect practice makes perfect. No, it doesn't. Practice, hard work ethic, Digging in, trying even in the face of what seems to be one failure after another, it does not make things perfect. It makes things possible. Life is and always will be about overcoming challenges and obstacles. Always. When blockages occur in your life. By the way, this is an important Kabbalistic teaching, very important Kabbalistic teaching. These obstacles, they arise. We must go around in front of them and start pulling out the blockage called the clipot. Someday I'll teach on that in the Zohar class. We often look at our blockages and our obstacles and say, we're not getting anywhere. No, that thing has to get out of it. And because here's how it works with God. If God gave you everything you asked for, if you said, I want to be rich, pooh, you were rich. I want to live forever. Not sure why. I, I want a super handsome husband. That I understand. You might want to ask for one of those. I want the different things you may want from God. If you instantly got those things, would there be any value? Kabbalah teaches on an expression called the bread of shame. When somebody gets something they haven't earned. The fact that we go through these challenges, we go through these obstacles, are what brings value to the experiences that we have. I think that the most miraculous explanation of this is, is how come as human beings, when women have babies, why don't you just, like, just wake up one day, ta-da, there it is. It's the nine months, it's the labor, it's the work, it's the suffering, it's the pain. And the minute the child is out, they forget all of that. And they go, oh, my God, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Why? Because they worked so hard and pushed. That's a bad word to use now. And worked so hard and pushed through all the suffering and the pain, and here it is. Here's the bonus. Here's the, the win. Here's the ultimate prize for all of it. No bread of shame. They work for it. Stop comparing your life and struggles to others. Determine your strengths and learn to appreciate them. Accept that you're a work in progress and process, and that working hard on things does not make them perfect. It makes them possible. Next, be teachable. Learn how to receive instruction. This is one of the greatest hindrances. Hindrances. Hindrances, oh my goodness. I see every day in my work, my life, and my family. 
I see this all the time. People are just not teachable. You tell them, have you tried this? No, that doesn't work. Have you tried that? No, that doesn't work either. They completely know everything that doesn't work, but they can't figure out what would work. You must open yourself up to the idea that you don't know everything, that you don't know everything about everything. I mean, even during times of crisis, I see people reject advice and assistance. I'm going through one of these things with kind of one of my coworkers right now. And it's, it's not that I know everything, but I've seen the struggle he's going through. I struggle with it myself, and I know that if you keep doing that, you're going to keep getting those same results. And he's frustrated, and he's making suggestions. Ah, that's not going to work. The heart of the matter is this, pride, pride and ego. These are both very powerful elements that the other side uses you back from even hearing what might bring you significant change from even figuring that part of it out. You've got to be teachable. You've got to receive instruction. You've got to be willing to lay down your pride and lay down your ego and say, all right, what do I need to do? Which brings us to our last point quickly, find a teacher. Find someone that you respect, someone that can help you develop your strength and overcome your weaknesses, someone who has been on that path, I don't need to get directions from somebody who's never been to that place. I've never been there. I'm looking for somebody who has been there. Because when you think of failures, you have to think of it like this. When a boat is out in the water, the boat never goes underwater because it's surrounded by water. It goes underwater when the water gets into the boat, and that's what takes it down. We're on this journey together. We're working hard. You've got self-worth. You have the light of the creator in you. You can do this. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. And whether you're either joining us live or on archive, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to the next Zohar in 15 program.